somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I listened to you on the radio. I think you're great. Deep down, I think I'm saying to myself, well, what's this person's agenda? Yeah. Are they trying to get something from me? Mm-hmm. If a friend of mine says it, because a lot of times the close people in my life will talk about how miserable I am and how I don't respect myself enough. I just start convincing myself they're just saying that to try to make me feel better. Mm. It's almost like I really don't believe it. Right. And I feel like in both cases, someone is somehow trying to steal a little bit of my soul. <laughs> Well, 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 it's time to cope on the couch again with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And this time, Courtney's going to climb up on the couch. It's amazing because, Courtney, everybody thinks of mental health therapists taking care of everybody else. But sometimes you have to take care of yourself as well. And you and I recently had a conversation about one area within which you lack self-confidence. And this is an area where we are very, very different. And we thought it might be a good idea to break this down a little bit. Yes, but first I want to say I detected a little like extra cheeriness in your voice when you first opened up the mic because, yay, Courtney's going to be in the hot seat. Finally, we're not going to be putting me under the microscope for once and all the insanity I have going on over here. I just want to say I noticed that, Brian. And yes, it's very uncomfortable having to talk about this. But yeah, I was talking to you about an event. Somebody had asked me to do some speaking and I said, I love to do speaking. I love to get out and about. And I used to do a lot of motivational speaking, but the one thing that I would always get tripped up on is how much am I going to charge? And so I am one of these people that I am so afraid of, oh, what if I say too much? They're going to think that I think that I'm so great or whatever. If I don't do enough, then they're not going to think they're going to get enough value with this. So I've always struggled with any kind of going someplace and having to charge for like a seminar that I do or a workshop or a keynote or anything like that. And so I was telling you about it and I was like, I don't know, but I think I lowballed myself. And you're like, why? You should just throw out a price and who cares? And I'm like, why is that not your issue? You don't have that issue around money and value, like your own value around that. I think because for me, there's nothing I value more than my free time. Mm -hmm. So my free time comes at a premium. And I also try to have confidence in myself. And look, every day in every other direction, people are constantly trying to screw you. And you have to make it worth my while for me to be able to do this. Even if I want to do it, I'm sacrificing something else that I could be doing. And I'm a very busy guy. So if somebody says to me, hey, what do you charge for that? I'm going to go high. And then if they don't like it, I say to myself, well, more free time for me, I suppose. I'm perfectly (laughs) fine with that. And I'm not embarrassed by it. I tend to kick myself more if I feel like I've lowballed myself. Mm -hmm. And one example I have of that that burns me to this day was I got into a hardcore negotiation with a radio company who was not treating me very well, but I knew my value. So I shot for the moon and asked for what I thought was a lot of money. Once I ended up leaving, the guy who was in charge of the negotiations, we were still very friendly. Mm -hmm. So we met up afterwards and we were reminiscing about it. And I said, hey, you know, when I was renegotiating my deal at that time, I said, were you willing to go any higher than what I said? He goes, yeah, we were prepared to give you an additional 20 grand a year. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And to think that I shorted myself that money, that's what I use as motivation. Mm. when it comes to future negotiations, if I really do feel like I'm bringing something to the table, that's how I value myself. And if somebody doesn't,
doesn't value me as much. Oh, well, try to find somebody better as far as I'm concerned. I guess I'm going to have to channel you. It'll be like, what would Brian do right now? It's the only <laughs> instance in life within which you want to channel me. Believe you me. But isn't that interesting, though? We all have our issues. And I think we all have our issues with value, too, because there's a lot of things that we do to try to show that we have value sometimes when we're not acknowledging it for ourselves. And I know for me, it comes through with the money thing. But it also can come through for a lot of people with like perfectionism. They just have to have everything perfect or else they feel like they're good enough is not good enough, stuff like that. Also, a lot of times with overworking or imposter syndrome, that's another big one, too, when people feel like they're going to get found out that they really don't know what they're doing. So there's a lot of things, I think, where it can manifest. You can kind of start to see it in people's lives where they struggle with this. So I started thinking about it, and maybe it's just to make myself feel better. But I feel like for a lot of us, this is our journey on Earth, is we're trying to figure out what is our passion, our purpose. And through that, it's like, what is our value? I always talk to my clients about you're good enough because you are. And one of my favorite quotes is today I am enough and always becoming more like I'm always teaching and learning and growing. But yet I'm good enough right now where I am. But sometimes I don't take my own advice and I struggle with that. Incidentally, when it came to the speaking appearance, you and I, I followed up with you and I found out what you said you were worth because it was this back and forth where you kept trying to say to the person involved, <laughs> well, why budget? don't you tell me what you want to pay me? And that person was like, well, why don't you tell me what you think you're worth? And we both came to the conclusion based on that person's reaction, you probably lowballed yourself yes, and you yes. probably could have got a little bit more, which is where I would beat myself up. However, I will tell you this, don't think that I have never been in a position where I negotiated hard and I lost it completely, Mm -hmm. much to the chagrin sometimes of spouses, kids, family members, things like that. But I've also been in positions where I knew that I was worth more and that if I held out, I'd get something better. And that has happened too. But you don't know unless you're willing to take those risks. And one of the most important things in life, and especially in negotiation and even doing what we do, whether it's on the air, whether Mm -hmm. it's speaking to a crowd... The one thing you need is confidence, because if you don't have confidence, it costs you credibility. And if you are timidly walking into a negotiation, Mm -hmm. there is somebody on the other end of that table just rubbing their hands together and licking (laughs) their chops and saying, I see you a mile away, Brian. It's like a cartoon where you walk (laughs) in and then your head turns into the giant lollipop that says sucker written on it. (laughs) That's what they're seeing. And sometimes I have to remember, it's not always about, quote unquote, my value. They might want to pay me a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. they don't have the money. That's why I always ask, what's your budget? And that's fair. Which is fine. I just need to know that I can't take it personally. Because maybe the thing is, I feel like if I say a set amount and they say no, then that means that I'm not worth that. And I know that's not what it means. I understand that in the reality of all things. But I think we need to tell ourselves this. We need to decide that we are worthy of X, Y, and Z. And no matter what the other person says, like you said, okay, then you can graciously say, well, nope, I'm not doing that then because my time is worth more than that and move on and not take it personally. I think what I do is I take it personally. Like, oh yeah, I guess I'm not worth that much. (laughs) And then it makes me sadder. (laughs) Well, let me give you a perfect example of how you can feel better about yourself based on what you are getting paid. If you're going to put a financial number on it, I work in an industry, as do you, that had a heyday. And there Mm -hmm. was a time where we would do this job in radio and make obscene amounts of money. And at that time, I was not afraid to ask for it. I thought they were all nuts to pay me what they were paying 
paying me, but I really appreciated it. Then there was a sea change, and there were other technologies that started to affect the amount of money they could bring in to pay all of us. At that time, my salary started going down. I lost a job where I was making a ton of money, and then I went to go get another one, and they were prepared to pay me about half of what I was making for that job. And I could have said, oh my God, they must really think that I'm terrible. But the reality is, you know, you work for maybe a company that's a little bit smaller and a little bit of a different climate. Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask yourself, is this about the money for me? Or is it about my passion for doing the job? Or can I prove myself and then maybe work my way up to making more eventually? And that's where you need to value yourself Mm -hmm. in certain ways as well and not dump all of it on you. Let it serve as a motivator. If I work hard, maybe I'm not going to make what I was making before, but maybe I can do better than what I'm getting offered now. And that's the important thing is looking at it from all different perspectives, not getting stuck in just one perspective. And it helps to kind of free things up. Like one thing that blew my mind, which I'm still not there yet, but I was in a training to be a life coach. And I remember saying to this one woman, now she was an executive life coach. And so she was in that corporate world. And I remember saying to her, I don't know how much to charge. And she looked at me and she said, well, how much do you need to make? And I was like, what? Like you get to decide how much you want to make? I am from a background of you're going to work your butt off and somebody else is going to decide what your value is by what they're going to give you, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the jobs, this is how much we're going to pay you and that's it. Especially as a woman too, I don't think that we are taught or it's not as valued before, maybe when we were younger, to negotiate, right? We're not comfortable in general. A lot of women are not comfortable with that negotiation thing and maybe guys are a little bit more comfortable with that. And I think over the years now, we've been trying to address that and say, okay, we need to go in and ask for more. But that blew my mind when she said that, like, wow, I can decide like how much my time is worth. And I think that's another perspective to throw in there to remember. Not to be stereotypical from a gender perspective, but I think the way that I started looking at things had to do with the fact that I followed sports so closely. And mm-hmm. I don't think as many women follow sports as closely as guys do. And I get very offended when people say, oh, I can't believe that guy's making $35 million a year to throw a baseball. To which I say, you are only going to get paid what you are worth. Mm -hmm. And if you really look at it in the grand scheme of things, there are only 500 people on this planet who have enough talent to be able to be put on a Major League Baseball field, a basketball floor, a Mm -hmm. football field, to have other people want to pay to come and see them do it because they have such a uniquely amazing talent. And because of that, that's why they're worth what they're worth. Because the guy who lives next door to that athlete can most certainly not even approach what that person does. And that's how you have to look at your value. Take a look around the landscape of what you do for a living. I was saying to you the other day, sometimes I have a really hard time listening to other radio shows because when I do, I'm like, well, that is so atrocious. I don't know how I'm not making a million dollars right now. (laughs) And some people who do it, I know are making more than me. But I also do have to consider that they might be working for a Mm -hmm. bigger company. As I've said in the past, maybe they've been doing it longer than I have. It's not just all about me and all about my company. Sometimes it's about my company. (laughs) (laughs) And so 
that's that's, that's about me too. But there are other factors. Yeah, and when you look at sports, I mean, especially, and you look at actors and stuff like that, when they say, oh, they made a million for that, well, somebody's going to make the money because with commercials and stuff like that, it's generating that much money. So then it's going to trickle down and it's going to, percentage-wise, to each of the people that are involved in it. It's just much higher in those industries because of the commercial push. Well, and it's a rare talent. Mm -hmm. It's something that not everyone can do. And I know people are going to get upset when I say this, when they say, well, teachers should be making that. Yes, in an ideal world, they should be. But I'm sorry, it's a lot easier to become a teacher than it is to be an athlete on that level, an actor or an actress on that level. And because it is something that not as many people can do, that's where the financial value comes from. And if only they could play commercials in school. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Things like that. But that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that drive things. That's where the money comes from. Nobody's going to pay $150 to watch somebody teach. That's the reality. For as valuable as a job as it is, and please don't think that I'm devaluing what they do. It is a very valuable job. But believe you me, I'm not making $35 million a year Mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing. And what we do, it is a little bit of a unique skill set. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are so terrified of public speaking, they wouldn't even want to think about doing what we do. Mm -hmm. So therefore, for a time, there was a premium on that. There still is a little bit, but it's not like what it used to be. And you just kind of have to evolve and roll with the times and roll with the situations. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about looking at it in the reality of the value within that market, whatever it is that you're working Mm -hmm. at, but also just to know your value in general. Sometimes in coaching as well, we did this thing where we would put like duct tape on the floor and you would declare if you were feeling like low value or there was some kind of issue in your life that you were just feeling you kept tripping up on, we would do work around it. And then when you were ready to declare something different for yourself, you would walk across the floor and you would cross that duct tape line and you would declare it. And so sometimes with feeling low self-esteem or feeling low value, sometimes you just have to declare, no, I do have value. And I am going to make some choices about things that make me feel better. And I'm going to feel uncomfortable doing that sometimes because it's not normal for me to do that. For me, I might say, if I have a number in my head, I'm going to go 20% above that (laughs) in what I'm going to charge for something or I'm going to go for it. When we say inspire, that's in spirit. When you feel something that inspires you, you're drawn to do it. You need to do it. That's part of you. And that's how you also feel your value. So I think that's important to live your life, like you said, taking risks and moving toward that. A lot of times when you feel as if you are putting a number on what you're worth, we are intimidated out of Mm -hmm. feeling as if we should be valued. That's part of the game that the other side plays. And the story that I always tell is I was working at a radio station once and it was a two-person morning morning show. I was a co-host with somebody and they ended up firing the other guy and they did an exhaustive search to replace that person. And as it was going on, they didn't feel like there were any good matches. I heard a lot of the audio demos that other people were sending in. And eventually they just came to me and they said, Brian, you're doing such a good job. We think you should just host by yourself. To which I said, okay, so you just got rid of an entire salary. Mm. Now you want me to do the work essentially of two people, but I'm not seeing you give me the rest of that salary. And I'm not saying I'm worthy of all of that, but I will say I think I'm worthy of, and I gave them a number. And they said, no, we don't have it. It was right after 9-11 happened. And I said, well, if that's 
the case, then you know what? Here's my month's notice. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't value me enough, and I also knew in the back of my head, they couldn't find anybody who they wanted to work with me. There was no way they were going to want any of those people to work alone. Right. So I just held firm and I took that chance and I believed in myself. And about a week before, they came to me and they said, we found the money. And this is where you have to understand that that's the game that they play. And they try to scare you and they try to intimidate you. And that's why, Courtney, somebody like you might feel beaten down. Mm -hmm. This may have been your experience in the past where someone was trying to knock you off of whatever pedestal you had yourself up on, which, by the way, you were probably worthy of being on that pedestal. But this is how we get controlled in society. Incidentally, what I did was I took the raise that they gave me and I finished out that contract and then I quit Mm -hmm. because I said to them, you proved to me that you didn't value me. You thought it was worthy of playing games with me and I'm better than that and I don't need this. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would do that now because that was 20 years ago and mm-hmm. I have a lot more people that I'm responsible for, but boy did that feel good. Right. And I eventually did leave and that radio station very shortly after that everyone started quitting once I quit and they went out of business. And I actually take pride in that, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> like, see what happened? <laughs> and I'm not saying that it was all because yeah. of me but to some degree I could have just panicked and said, you know what they're right Mm -hmm. and where would I be and that was a very valuable life lesson for me the other thing I want to say about you is the next time that I go to buy a car I'm not bringing you in to negotiate how are you in that situation (laughs) not very good I'm sure Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I walked out once I paid more than I had said I was going to pay but I was like wait what just happened look lady we just said the sticker price was $15,000 lower than that (laughs) I don't care (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny because I went in I said this is my budget this is what I have okay great and they did the old Let's go for a drive. Yeah, this one's the one in your price range. Went for a drive, loved the car, came back, and they were like, oh, I just talked to my manager. It's actually more money than that. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then I ended up walking out paying for more because, of course, I really like the car, but I was always angry at that place for treating me that way. But you're always told, too, that it is a game Mm -hmm. when it comes to negotiating for a vehicle. And it is the same thing when it comes to negotiating for whatever it is that you do for a living as a Mm -hmm. side hustle and anything else. And you really do need to believe in yourself. Like I said, I've lost some really good jobs over that. And one time I lost a job because my brother and I were a writing team and we had worked for a TV show. And I found out that somebody else who had probably less experience than we did was getting paid as much. So when it came time to renegotiate, I said, I want to be making more than that guy. That guy's my friend. And they held firm and they dug in their heels. And I said, well, fine, then we're walking. Well, I said that on behalf of my brother and And my brother was not happy. I thought they were going to blink, but they didn't. But at the end of the day, Courtney, to me, if they don't value me, I don't want to work for those people. If they can't just give me an extra, I don't know what I was even asking for, two grand, Mm -hmm. I knew they had the money. And if they don't value me, then I just feel like I'm being taken advantage of and I don't want to work there. I have to laugh, though. Your brother must have been like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm part of this? Come on, let's go. Pack your stuff. I need a new agent. (laughs) Heck, I need an actual agent. (laughs) That is funny. But you know what? You just talking about that makes me want to sweat. Like, it makes me so uncomfortable. But I think that's the point, though. If you want to make shifts in anything in your life, if you want to have a different result than you have been having, then you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable, as Jillian Michaels would say. Sometimes in her tapes, I'll be watching and she'll say that. I'm like, shut up! (laughs) While I'm trying to hold some yoga pose or something. And I also read this other article that was really on point 
we are always choosing our feelings over things. It makes me feel better or I don't feel uncomfortable if I just stay in my little comfort zone. Choose your values. If you were saying, I want to make more money or I want to go and try out this other job or there's something else I want to do in my life, it's going to be uncomfortable. We have to accept that. At first, it's not going to feel right. It's going to be hard. And for me, just listening to those stories makes me sweat. (laughs) Well, to speak to that discomfort, the one thing that I can't teach other people that you know about me and you marvel at from time to time, I love awkward. (laughs) He certainly does. I love awkward comedy. You know, when Michael Scott can't get out of his own way, curb your enthusiasm with Larry David. And even in real life, I'm not afraid Mm -hmm. of awkward. I can't say that in every instance. I hate small talk, but that's because I don't feel like I'm in control of small talk. When it comes to a negotiation, Mm. I dig my heels in and I say, you are in control. And they're going to try to make it awkward for you. Fight fire with mm-hmm. fire because that's the only way you're going to potentially make them blink. And maybe they won't. And oh well if that's the case, like I said, if they don't think that you are worth what you think you are worth, how do you think that job is going to go going forward? Right. Although I know there's one thing that makes you awkward that you don't like, and it's when people are telling you compliments. And so one of the yeah. things I was going to say about when you don't know your value, ask the people closest to you what they think your strengths are and connect it with some of your values and your worth. And so sometimes that can help for us to see how other people see us. But I know for you, that would make you feel real awkward. Well, this is where I'm getting back on the couch again, because I also have a problem with self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I have to pick my spots where I'm using my confidence. Mm-hmm. If I feel like we are in a contentious situation where I say I'm worth this and you say, no, you're not, and you're not going to give me that, it's one thing. But if somebody that I like or respect just casually says, hey, I think you're really good at this or that or whatever. Yeah. I just yeah, do feel really, really like uncomfortable. Throws you off. When you take the negotiation thing out of it, mm-hmm. that's when I think I kind of turn more into you. Right. Where, <laughs> because of my self-loathing, for as confident as I can be yeah. in that office, mm-hmm. in real life, I think, like you said, imposter syndrome. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, everybody well, knows that. somebody's going to find out that I'm not funny. <laughs> like, really, Brian? You're hysterical. And that's why I say, okay, I have an issue with the money and the value thing. And there's some other issues too. But (laughs) since I'm the therapist, you know, I'll just stick with that right now. We all, I think, in some place have those insecurities. And I think it's just important for people to look and say, yeah, where am I? Because maybe you're real confident in this area, but maybe over in this area, like taking some compliments and really knowing your strengths or workaholics because they feel like they got to do 24-7 to prove their worth. All of these things, I think that we can all learn from each other. Like I can learn from you to be like, okay, when I go into negotiations, I'm bringing Brian with me and he's going to be my manager and help me. But we can all learn from each other, I think. I think really in talking about it, and this shows the benefits of therapy, I think I've realized what is behind the dichotomy between the two situations Mm -hmm. with me. I'm not a very trusting person because Mm -hmm. I've been burned. I'm old enough and my skin is very, very thick. And when I'm in a negotiation, I know right away, this person has an agenda. Mm. This person is going to try to make me feel like I'm not worth what I think I'm worth and I need to prepare for battle. When I'm out of that office and I'm on the street and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I listened to you on the radio. I think you're great. Deep down, I think I'm saying to myself, well, what's this person's agenda? Are they trying to get something from me? Mm -hmm. If a friend of mine 
says it because a lot of times the close people in my life will talk about how miserable I am and how I don't respect myself enough. I just start convincing myself they're just saying that to try to make me feel better. Mm. It's almost like I really don't believe it. Right. And I feel like in both cases, someone is somehow trying to steal a little bit of my soul. <laughs> what do they want from me now? Isn't that interesting? It though? is interesting. And it's something that I've never considered. And again, this shows you the benefits yeah. of therapy where it forces you to say, well, why am I this way here and that way there? Yeah. And I just suddenly made the connection the more that you talked about right, it. Right. I'm not a trusting person. I just feel like I have to take care of myself so much that I can't rely on anybody and I can't trust anybody. Mm. And that's part of my problem that I need to work on. And when you have the negotiation, you have the back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like focus in and go back and forth. When somebody just gives you a compliment, you're stuck because you're like, I want to disprove well, you, but yet the negotiation, no back and forth. I'm accomplishing something. I <laughs> yeah. know what the end goal is, right. but to me, when somebody compliments me, I'm like, well, they must want something. Yeah, <laughs> you but know then what I you're mean? left thinking about it. Back what's their forth? end game is what it's more about. <laughs> and I can't picture you saying to a listener, yeah, what's your end game, buddy? <laughs> oh, you want Jason Aldean tickets? I knew it! <laughs> so you just sit there befuddled, and it makes you so uncomfortable. I'm You rattled. probably don't know what to do with yes, it. Yes, exactly. Like you just keep rolling it over like, they're not going to just say that. They must want something, but yet, <laughs> that's all it is. They but don't. it's something that I've seen in performers over and over again. Can't take a compliment. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I couldn't figure out what it was. I think maybe I might have had a little breakthrough today. Yeah, it is interesting. That's why I say, I think that we have much more in common, all of us, than we have differences. Clients will say to me, like, who does that? They'll come up with some scenario and be like, I can't believe he did that. Who does that? And I'm like, well, they do that. I said, but listen, if you pull yourself back, instead of looking at the particulars, because of the particulars, we might not be able to relate to. But if you pull back and look at the general, like, okay, when do you feel insecure? When do you feel like you are questioning things and you're lacking confidence? We all have those times. So I think it's an important thing to acknowledge that and to help each other. Was one of those times you told one of your clients, so then I overpaid for the vehicle by over $7,000. And they said, who does who that? Does that? <laughs> I do that. <laughs> that would be me every single time. And that's why I don't like buying cars or buying anything. Thing, really. <laughs> I walk out paying more. That's why the people at Toyota absolutely love Courtney. <laughs> oh, here she comes. Remember you were talking about that? Mm, yeah, the hands coming together. Yeah. Why is that salesperson more? salivating visibly? <laughs> uh, here she comes again. <laughs> well, Courtney, hopefully you can take a little something out of mm. this to give you confidence. I know I've taken something away from mm-hmm. the conversation that I'm going to have to do a deep dive on myself, and I hope that everybody who has been yes. listening, regardless of what side of the equation that you are on, mm-hmm. even even if you're on the side of the equation of you are trying to set what somebody else is earning, try to have some empathy and sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. I just wish that life wasn't this constant game playing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that drives me nuts and makes me so uncomfortable all the time. Right. As you know, Corny, I'm an open book. I yeah, tell it like it is. Forward. And I just feel like most people don't want to do that. Right. And therefore, that's where my trust issues come in and mm-hmm. a lot of my problems. Right. Because you think there's something else at underneath play. things and something at play that you're not quite seeing that hasn't revealed itself. We try to tell you when we're playing games. I tell Carla, <laughs> you playing a game with him today? I played a good one on him this morning. <laughs> I think the two of you are cooking up some games behind my back. <laughs> oh, we're going to mess with Brian 
happen this weekend. <laughs> well, regardless of what your issue is or isn't, if you would like somebody to talk to who is a professional at all of this stuff, I present Courtney Kelly. How do they get in touch with you? Wellness at WCTK.com. You can shoot me an email. And also, if you want to check out our resources, we do a weekly episode of Wellness Wednesday. You can access those as well as the resources, catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page. Don't forget about the socials at Cat Country Mornings. We have individual pages all over the place as well. Courtney with a C, Kelly, that's E-Y, Brian with an I, Mulhern, that is H-E-R-N. Also, Courtney Kelly Bedard in some spots. She's very, very elusive, that one. (laughs) She's constantly on the move. Don't forget, too, to tell people about Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Tell them to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can get it on your smart devices. Oh, we're everywhere, Brian. I'll tell you what, if we can ever monetize this thing, I'm doing the talk. I'm not putting you in charge of that. (laughs) Guess what? We're paying to do the podcast. (laughs) It was like George Costanza renegotiating the NBC deal for Jerry. Unbelievable. (laughs) So, what is going to be wrong with us on episode 72? Find out next week. In the meantime, thanks for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. (laughs) Thank you. I want to talk about me.